Welcome everyone to Hear Me Dragons. Uh, I am your host, Nick, and I'll be taking you through over the next few weeks with some various guests from around the world of Warcraft. And today's first guest is the Cap Fantastic. Cap, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello! Um, it's great to be here on your first inaugural episode. Um, I am the Cap Fantastic, would you believe? And um, I am a content creator for World of Warcraft mostly. I stream on Twitch and uh, I'll be uh, across the internet in all the usual places. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, my unique thing is that um, as a member of the gay community or the sort of LGBTIQA plus community, uh, I'm kind of big on gay and queer representation um, in gaming and across uh, across Warcraft. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, my sort of my my selling point, if you like, on Twitch. So that's a little bit about me. And thanks for having me. That's great. So let's start right back at the start. Um, what is it you, when is it you sort of start? Started to play the game. Were you, are you a vanilla boy or are you or later than that? I was a wee bean. Um, so I think um, I was playing a game way back when in my early 20s. I was probably about 22, 23, um, called City of Heroes. And that was my first ever kind of experience of uh, of an online game. And I think one of the great things about that was the character creation, you know, creating this kind of fantasy person that you could be online and and actually entering into a world that you could be in with other people, other real humans. Um, and at the time, uh, in the background to all of that, World of Warcraft came out. And uh, I guess, you know, I keep up with the gaming press when you're a gamer. So I sort of saw that it existed. I saw what it was. And I thought at first, oh, that looks very stylized. Maybe not my cup of tea. Um, I'm maybe here for something a bit more realistic. But City of Heroes kind of, you know, naturally um, came to an end. People stopped enjoying, you know, moved on, as people do with most games. Uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm going uh, to give World of Warcraft a try. And um, from the second... I uh, started playing the game. Um, I started with a druid in um, Teldrassil, and uh, I'd kind of done that little starting area, you know, with the spider cave and going up the tree and all that kind of fun. And they're like, go to this next town. And I went to this next town, and on the way there, I think it's called Dolinar, um, on the way there, I saw this tiny little gnome run past me, and uh, they were, like, jumping, as gnomes are prone to do when they run around. Um, And I, I, I was just like, oh, my God. I have I have to be one of them. Like, how do I get to be that tiny? That is where it all started. It was uh, it was like one of my first days in Warcraft, and I, I saw a gnome, and I was like, I'm in love. And um, and I've really been playing pretty consistently ever since. I've had a few breaks here and there, um, but uh, I would say from that point onwards, I've I've been a fan, and and that was way back in classic. So prior to that, you you never played any of the the, the RTS Warcraft. Three, so I, two, so. yeah that's a great question so i guess i'd, I'd played warcraft uh three a little um when i was uh, in my teens you know secondary school uh, i took my kind of computer as you did you know did a land party took my entire computer um in the back of a car and they were bigger then folks um round to my uh round to my friend's house and uh you know plugged it all together with an ethernet cable um and uh and we played, you know, played against each other in Warcraft, you know, sort of uh, matches. Um, so I did, you know, I did like that top-down strategy um, kind of approach to gaming. I loved uh, Command and Conquer as well at the time, uh, but I didn't get into the lore of it. I didn't see it as a story. I saw it as a as a game. Whereas I think when I started playing World of Warcraft as it, in its MMO form, I began to realise that this was a whole kind of living, breathing world um and a kind of a growing story uh, that evolves over time with the players and that's that's something i've kind of really enjoyed about the mmo space itself so you sort of you think the the mmo warcraft is that was almost a blank slate for you coming in there with you had a bit of pre-knowledge but you weren't invested as such absolutely yeah and i, I would say it probably took me a few years to be honest to kind of fully invest in the law so you know around about the time they originally um for the first time opened the gates of anchorage i was like you know i i knew something big was happening but i had no concept of what it meant what the law was what the story behind it was i was just kind of like logging in and hanging out with the with my friends in, in a guild at the time called the tjpf um and uh you know we were having having a blast but i had no kind of um 
in-depth connection to the story or the characters. Um, it took me a, a long while to realise that, uh, I think it was Lady, Lady Prester Harvey. I didn't realise she was an Ixia until after I'd killed an Ixia, you know. Um, it was stuff like stuff like that. It took yeah. some time for me to catch. <laughs> well, I suppose Vanilla, as it is now, is very... It doesn't have a, a singular narrative. It's patchwork stories that you sort of pick mm-hmm. up as you go along and you put together as you play. And I don't think that really changed until... TBC was still quite patchy, but it had a lot more of a fluid, central storyline to it. Definitely. But a classic can see... I see it with, with like new players now. They come in and are like, what's the storyline of classic? And I'm like, there isn't one. It's it's a world yeah. that you exist in. Um. And I think fundam- fundamentally that that's what the, the classic experience is to these people who have gone back 20 or 15 years later. Yes. It's the lack of guided story that for a lot of people. It's, it is a living world with its own little stories rather than here's the great big bad, go go kill it. Yeah, definitely. It's it's much more of a sandbox experience, wasn't it? You know, you, you kind of were thrown into a world and they were, there were these discrete stories um, you know, it, for each of the races and discrete stories in different zones. Um, but it was much more kind of like a, you know, here are the zones that are roughly in your level range, go and explore. Um, whereas now it it's less sandbox, more kind of linear story. Um, I know a lot of po- people that prefer that kind of linear story approach. Personally, I, I like both. Um, but you're right. I I totally agree that I think you know you see a lot of new players coming in being like, what what exactly is the point in classic? What, what happened? Um, and there's those big moments like the gates of Anchorage and uh, Anixia and so on and so forth. But uh, you, you molten core. Um, but there's there's yeah there was less less obvious spoon fed linear story, and it wasn't until they started to do that in TBC that I started, I think, to get the story and lore bug for World of Warcraft, to be honest. So it's a good point. So when you were sort of back back then raiding in the Friends Guild, were you were you raiding at all or you Is that, <laughs> is that what other people do? It's you were off busy no. killing bears and things like that. I am. Um, I raided very early on, so I, I have very vague memories of those early raids. Um, but uh, but I was I was definitely there. I distinctly remember uh, the second boss in um, I think it's is it Blackrock Spire uh, where you kill Nefarian at the end, um, where there's this big room with a massive dragon in it, and I was this tiny little gnome warrior because why would you not be a gnome warrior? Obviously, and. I remember being in a queue of five other tanks as a 40-man raid uh, as an off-tank, you know, timing when yeah. I have to go and hit the boss because of the uh, the way that aggro worked at the time. Um, so I remember that distinctly. And I guess I guess maybe I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I wasn't very clear on how to play the game. But I think at that time, nobody really was. And, and the guides, you know, weren't as good as they are today. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't have these kind of like amazing resources like Wowhead, um, you know, at the forefront, massively available, hugely up to date all the time, cut and paste, you know, builds and and support. Uh, so it, it was a bit more kind of um, it was a bit more bleeding edge, I suppose, a little bit more uh, edge of the seat stuff, trying to work out what the hell I was meant to be clicking on at any given point. But it was good fun. Yeah, I, I, I obviously I'm a much later to the game than, than most. I didn't start till till BFA, midway through BFA yeah. at that. Um, but yeah, that that raid is not something I enjoy clearing as an alt or the raid like for old content. Now it's it's a suppression room. Oh, why mm-hmm. is that still there? <laughs> it's yeah, it's just miserable. Just you can't you can't blink through it. You can't. You just you just can't, like can't no, blink this through is, anything properly. This is five <laughs> That's how minutes. blink works, right? Oh yeah, blink. You can do cross vast distances unless there's a pixel in front of you. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, you, you obviously you you played through classic. Uh, you move into TBC, or did you sort of take a break at any point in the in that time? No, so I think. Basically, from from classic through till the end of TBC, I was pretty consistent. Um, I didn't 
uh, raid so much in TBC. That that was like a different time for me uh, in terms of kind of guilds and friendships online. I think uh, the guild that had kind of gone through Classic kind of um, drifted apart a little bit. Uh, so I went off to kind of, you know, tr- to greener pastures, if you like, to try and find other things going on. So I was a bit more of a solo player during TBC um, and didn't really get into the raiding. I think, I've, to be honest, I think I found playing Warrior quite hard in that expansion as well. So um, it it was uh, it was more of a kind of a solo play expansion for me. Um, I really kind of, you know, I remember flying up from Shatrath and grinding out the uh, the Skettis reputations and stuff. Um, but I don't really have any kind of other major memories from TBC. There's definitely no kind of raiding moments or particular content highlights that that I can remember from TBC. Um, and it uh, it for me was uh, a, I guess a more casual time um, playing than perhaps uh, the rest of my WoW time has been. So you 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 consistently playing sort of when was your sort of first break? When was your first time you thought I'm just going to take a break from the game because I'm either what is the reason for that first break? Yeah, so I think it was towards the end of TBC. Um, Wrath of the Lich King had been announced, and I, I, I know that like it, it's a. I mean, I'm sure you agree. Most people think it's a really awesome expansion. Do Do you agree with that? I, having not played it at level, um, I, I, I have sort of a different view on Wrath and how it played uh, i can okay. see that how the dungeons and the particularly the raids were amazing even now you can tell that they were mm-hmm. good um but i do wonder sometimes if there's a little there is a degree of nostalgia that isn't there for, for the rest of us that makes it appear better than it was yeah um, okay cool i don't I, not, I not to say thinking. it's a bad expansion but i don't i'm not sure it's quite as highly regarded as it should maybe technically be yeah so so i was in the camp of people a small camp of people at the time i wasn't massively hyped about it um i thought that it was you know it was interesting i was glad to be back in a setting that was kind of on azeroth i definitely um felt a bit jarred moving from classic which is very at its core very fantasy you know very you know living in the forests and in the in the real world it felt very connected to um to that kind of real fantasy world that we all love uh i felt like tbc kind of took us out to space a little bit i was like there are spaceships here what is going on this is confusing to me i i am playing a fantasy game space has arrived and then wrath of the lich king i think kind of took us back a little bit um into into kind of core fantasy setting but by the time we got to the end of tbc i wasn't massively hyped for it now i did get a friend of mine to drive me all the way to asda's would you believe um out in the middle of nowhere at midnight uh, and then we demanded that the uh, the store shop assistant or the manager got out their copies of wrath of the lich king because they weren't even on the shelf um and uh, and we bought some um so i did you know i was there for launch in my own kind of way and as the midnight launch very um very sophisticated and uh and and enjoyed playing wrath but um for me you know good dungeons good raids enjoyed it i wasn't heavily into the raiding scene at that point in time and wrath didn't massively inspire me i found some of the zones really laborious i think like borean tundra was really laborious zone to, to yeah i to think do. people going back now are realizing that there's, there's not much there there's a, yeah exactly there's not much there and what is there is a uh, felt like a slog um and i think um there's a couple of other zones like that you know grizzly hills fantastic zone beautiful but quite difficult to level through um so so again i played consistently i enjoyed it i loved icc um but i wasn't in a raiding guild at the time that kind of really took me through that end game content um so it was again a a bit of a different experience uh but i enjoyed it a bit more than i enjoyed tbc i would say so how did you sort of approach kata was it a fresh start an exciting start or it was a case of i'm just just, i'm I'm done with tbc i just want to with wrath i just want to move on 
Yeah, so I guess like coming back to that break point, so I took a little break um, going into Wrath, did the midnight launch. Then I think during Wrath, uh, took a kind of another small break. Those breaks were just more kind of like, oh, you know, I need to refresh myself, take some time away. I'm playing this a lot. You know, I'd want to come back with fresh eyes. Kata for me was the point where um, life around me had changed. So, you know, dating, getting older, being in my 20s and work and all that kind of stuff where i was like able to get back into gaming um in a in a kind of a bit of a deeper way i had more time you know i was was out in the nightclubs less i was at home more um and i really enjoyed uh cataclysm's launch um i thought the zones were brilliantly redesigned it felt disconnected um, because the zones were all over the place, dotted around the existing world. And I was like, why haven't we been to these places before? I'm really confused. Um, but I enjoyed what Kata did a lot. And actually, for me, uh, I really enjoyed some of the Cataclysm dungeons and raids as well. Um, again, I wasn't massively into raiding. and I'd sort of started there in my Warcraft journey back in Classic, but then dipped in and out a little bit in the sort of preceding years. Um, and Kata, again, not a massive raiding expansion, but one that I really enjoyed and I stuck with pretty much for the whole expansion. Um, it felt like there was it felt like it was a lot to do because a lot of the older zones had been rewritten and it was a really nice experience to kind of go back in, level something new, experience those old zones, but in a much more kind of coherently told sort of story. Uh, and I, I enjoyed that. And of course, some of the zones, they completely changed up. You know, some of them went from being desert zones to being completely flooded underwater zones so it was um it was a very different experience and of course cataclysm gave us our first kind of proper full underwater zone uh, of last year and and that was that was pretty oh, cool i i really like that you're, zone. you're, you're a fan of that that's that's a I'm cancel a offense for some i know that's... i know yeah, I feel like my, um... i can feel my followers dropping as we speak but um i think uh it was it was so fun. It was unique. It was completely unique. You got yeah. the seahorse mounts. They were unique. It looks unique. It was lush and vibrant and interesting. There were submarines and it was stupid. So I I kind of um, I kind of really fell in love with that zone as something quite unique and special in in Warcraft history. And it still is to this day. I think. So having sort of flying, did you think that took something away from the old world, or was that? In your opinion, like the benefits of the game? Ooh, so that's a double-edged sword question, right? Because some of those early experiences in Warcraft, because it's such a large connected world, that's one of the things I fell in love with really early. Like, you know, you start off in, you know, let's say you're a gnome or a dwarf, you start off in Dunmora and you, you know, you do the snowy zone, you go up to Ironforge and you come back down again. And then it's like, oh, you're going to go to Lokmadan now. And if this was in any other game, that would be you go here, you walk through a door and then you get a loading screen. And I distinctly remember for the first time in kind of my experience of gaming, going like through a tunnel and then round the mountains and then down through another tunnel and then coming out into Loch Madan, you know, coming over that over that ridge and seeing this amazing zone. And I was like, I mean, I literally kind of I, I sort of lost it. Yeah. Um, I was like, this is amazing. Like this, I, this is all connected. This is actually a real world, a real place, a physical manifestation of, you know, of a world in the gaming space. So, so that was, you know, that was something that was really something special. And I think you only experience that um, on a ground mount on foot. Mm. With that said, flying adds an incredible convenience it is really great to see the world from up high, but it works better in spaces that were designed for it than in spaces that have been, I guess, kind of rebuilt for it. And if you look at the old world, you know, you can literally go from somewhere like Duskwood, you know, really eerie, dark trees. You just literally you go over a cliff into the next zone and you can see you can see the texture connecting line you know on the top of the cliff and i think that takes you out of it a little bit where you can see you know this is a desert next to a lush forest these two things would not would not be able to exist next to each other in yeah, nature you, you often see so you can you can see where the lines were divided and they're just like well i'm yeah. just gonna put a big chasm in between now because it's the exactly and it's like 
hand-wavy magic. It's just lava. And it, exactly. and it works within the context of the cataclysm to a degree. It um, does. But it, it is obviously paper over and over some cracks, which... Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's, it, you could tell that the game wasn't designed originally that way, because why would you put those zones next to each other? Why would the Blasted Lands with the volcano be next to Dunmurrow? Well, near, exactly. near Dunmurrow. It would never work like that. But and sometimes you go downhill did. into the snow. I'm like, I think the snow happens higher and the and the dry happens lower. But sometimes you go downhill into the snow and uphill into the desert. You know, there's there's situations like that where I'm like, oh, <laughs> it doesn't quite work. But um, what, I, what I would say, uh, and I don't want to get on to Dragonflight too early, but what I would say is where where the entire space has been designed around the concept of flying at pace and, and moving around a zone in an interesting physics-based flying sort of setup, it really works. I mean, it's it's headline feature for me. Yeah, so I brought so, the question because teaser. the question of flying, because it, it has sort of risen its head again. Mm-hmm. And people are saying it should never have come in the first place. It it removes you from the the world, um, and by adding like the speed and the convenience of flight, you lose that connection to the grown level stories, and 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 that adds to a. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I could quite agree with this, but the idea that the more we move away from the grown level stories of Azeroth the more the story has to sort of amp up and become about bigger and bigger things. And mm-hmm. you go from fighting bears in Redwood, the Red Ridge Valley, to fighting titans on, on Argus, and then the jailer in Shadowlands and things like that. And it's like, it's a constant amp up of stakes. And yeah. you can never really go back to that grown level fighting hogger in Elves in Forest, because it, doesn't work anymore mm-hmm. and flying was agree. apparently the, the the beginning of that change for some people um it's i mean it's a tough one right because warcraft is unfolding in the way that you know a long-term piece of story work would unfold and i, I kind of call it the doctor who effect you know you, you start you start early doctor who and you've got one doctor and a couple of companions and you meet the sidemen for the first time and it's incredible and amazing and out of this world but you you take that, you know, 13, 14, 15 regenerations later, and you need six doctors, Cybermen, Daleks, and sea people and sea devils, and then 14 companions to get together and form a self-help group to make the episode even remotely exciting because, you know, you've you've done it all before. And then you have to have a big kind of, you know, plot device reset so that everybody on Earth forgets all the things that have happened because quite frankly it's been too much and we're all traumatized. So I think yeah. I think Warcraft is a victim of of that long form storytelling. And it and it is really tempting to, as a storyteller, I guess amp up the 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 risk and amp up the drama every time that you kind of extend that story a little bit further. Um, what what I would say is I think I th- I feel like Dragonflight might solve for some of that, in the sense that it even though you're flying a lot it does feel like a very grounded story. You know, you're learning about this new mystical place. It is very grounded in um, in character and developing this kind of more local story. It's a story that's exclusively about the Dragon Isles, the dragons, and it's, and it's grounded in that. It's not this kind of, you know, intergalactic space war that I think some of us were expecting might, <laughs> might have happened yeah. after the last expansion. Um, so I, I think... I don't know, so we're not in it yet, and um, you know we're not two patches deep. But I think we're headed in a a, a much more positive direction story wise. That they've resisted that temptation to go. You know, we need this massive intergalactic chaotic throw everything in the melting pot story, and they're actually you know looking to kind of bring us a, a little bit, bring us back to earth, but on Dragonback. Yeah, well, there was that recent uh, interview that Preacher's done with. Um with the Blizzard team. So I've not seen these. Yes, it's not been fully released as of this recording, um, but he has had some comments and they were, they were then sort of re reconstituted onto Whitehead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the points that came up is they want to start telling 
this is difficult because you're hearing third-hand comments on this. But of course. <laughs> you want to tell longer-form stories, multi-expansion stories, mm-hmm. which are... You could argue that they already do in some ways, and like, well, like Argus was a thing that's already existed, and then he stabbed the sword into the world. Sargeras stabbed the sword into Silithus, which led to BFA... But I think they they wanting something that's more consistent, where the big bad villain of say Dragonflight doesn't get his comeuppance at the end of the storyline, and it carries on into a further expansion. Yeah, well, where like, that goes, I like that idea. Yeah, and I, I'm very keen on on that sort of storytelling because I I don't see Warcraft expansions particularly as movies or books where it's like it gets mm-hmm. to the end i want a conclusion i want a nice bow on it tell me who the person is and it's over i i see it more as a soap opera so yes. you, you're never truly at the end you're never truly at the beginning and it's constantly changing and people say things like oh it's this is such and such is a retcon i'm like some things are retcons but for me finding more information about something or deeper information that's been revealed that's not necessarily retcon that's adding to the law absolutely if that particular person in that case doesn't like that how that law affects the world in themselves that's a personal opinion that's subjective you don't like that story law fine yeah that's your opinion but to say that is a retcon i'm bad i don't i don't think i can agree with you on that point Particularly Absolutely the one was of oh, we're skipping ahead to Shadowlands was was the Arthas thing with how they dealt mm-hmm. with Arthas and it was like, oh, you reduced his character. Well, no, because these characters had his arc. He's done everything he needs to do. I mean, yeah, they kind of baited people with, with the early. Uh, yeah, maybe there was some baiting screen. going on. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't agree that they uh, reduced his character. That's just where his character was right yeah. there, there in that moment, you know. But uh, you know you're right. There was there was maybe some baiting there. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, why have you done an entire Shadowbringers? Oh, no, it was called Shadowbringers. What's it called? Oh, what's the, the Afterlives cinematic, yes, which is basically about yeah. him. But, I couldn't think of it either. But in retrospect, it wasn't about him. It was about Arthur. Uh, no, but it was about Uther. Yeah, and absolutely. Uther's story, it was, it was and Uther's story, story was yeah. contained within that expansion. That it I was. Don't expect to see Uther. I don't want to say forever, but for a long time. I think Uther is now done as a conclusion yeah. of the Arthur storyline, and we have moved on from that. The only characters I think moving on from that Warcraft 3 era is those who are still alive, such as Jaina. And yeah. I haven't done any of the questing of, of Dragonflight yet. I've kept myself quite spoiler-free. But from what I know, there's no Jaina in it. Nope. I'm a Jaina stan. I'm quite sad about that. Uh, I don't know if I can go two years without Jaina. Um, You'll survive. You'll survive. Yeah. I think we might, you know, I think we might see Jaina later. But I think, you know, for me, I, I completely agree. I think retconning. So retconning is one of those. It's a buzzword, right? So it gets thrown around a lot by people that you know are maybe not entirely sure in how they're using it. But the way I look at it, you know, to, just just to come back to an LGBTIQA plus issue, actually, you know, the way I see it is, you know, me coming out at say twenty doesn't mean I wasn't gay when I was ten. It just means you didn't know I was gay when I was 10. I haven't retconned my story. You've just learned more about it. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff that people call out as retconning is 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 exactly like that. It's people going, oh, I didn't know that then, so therefore it can't possibly be true now. It's like, well, you know, no, it's it's just you've, you know, the story has evolved. Stories do evolve. But to, to take it back to that point of, you know, that kind of multi-expansion storytelling, you know, what that gives us as as ex- people that experience a story and what it gives writers as the story as well is this ability to really develop and build a character and i think it would be fair to say you know and again coming back to shadowlands it would be fair to say that what 
our you know big baddie in Shadowlands lacked was character. Um, we don't know really much about where they came from. It was it was told throughout. You know, it was there. The detail was there, but we didn't have enough time. You know, for that exposition to sink in and to mean something and to to really build that character up as a you know this is why they're so they're so bad. You know, they they were kind of new to us at the start of the expansion and they they're gone at the end. And I, I just think that that is that's unsatisfying. I think it's unsatisfying as a as a person experiencing the story, and I reckon it's probably unsatisfying to write it as well. Um, so I, I guess if you know the design team at Blizzard are saying, you know, well actually we can we can tell these multi expansions, you know, maybe more seasonal based content, you know, we can tell things over a longer period of time, go a bit more long form, then it then it has those two effects. It st- it allows you to kind of really build a character, give them exposition, and and tell us more so that so that the story payoffs feel better and deeper and more meaningful. But I think it also you know, it gives them that ability to, you know, to write in the long form without having to build things up to a massive crescendo every two years uh, and then try and hit a reset button when everyone is off the back of, you know, well, we just killed a giant world-consuming old god. You know, I'm not excited now I'm back in the forest and you're asking me to pick, you know, berries out of six piles of dog poo. Like, why am I doing well, this? Very... It doesn't feel consistent with your character, does it? There was that sort of little... I think it was Stephen who said, uh, everything in Warcraft has happened faster than mm-hmm. real time. So every expansion yeah. is two years. So every event is back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. And when you, you actually think about that in context, the sheer pace of things that have been happening, it it means there is never going to be time for development of anything. And Exactly. Like, you you want things like us to sort of move on to Teldris, or the Telbasils re- replanting, which we all think is probably going to happen in Shadowlands. You know, I really hope so. Dragonflight. Yeah, uh, there's a space on the map which looks eerily like it's going to have something mm-hmm. there. Um, but for the, for the in character like characters, it's it's like four years ago. That's yeah. I mean, for, for us, it's like a game. It's four years, but it's not. We don't think of it. in real time for yeah like that sort of like trauma over that short period of time that's that would take decades to process and almost you you want to tell that story properly and in depth if it was a novel Mm -hmm. the the story of the night house recovering from that and finding a new home and stuff that'd be a 10 20 50 year story and with their lifespans it'd be the same characters um potentially but yeah. it gives them that space and time to do that. If you're knocking out these expansions where everything's bigger and badder than the last time every two years, it's very difficult to sort of give true weight to what's happening. Absolutely. And also, like, you know, you find yourself as a player desperately worried about your character's mental health. You know, I'm like, I just, I feel like, you know, my character needed a break, you know. I, in a way, I've actually enjoyed the fact that they're saying you know well there's this little time skip now we we, we've had some time our characters have been able to wander off and you know go back to their farm in pandaria and pick turnips for a couple of years um and maybe have a relationship or you know (laughs) go for a walk go get married exactly well exactly well exactly um but i think I think it's actually, in a way, that's helped me develop my character in my mind as well. Because I've asked myself the question of, you know, what would my character have been doing? And it kind of, it somehow makes the game, again, it gives it, it gives you that space to tell your own story, to create narrative. Um, and I think our characters all desperately needed that after years and years of, you know, back-to-back chaos. It's nice that there's a an actual acknowledged time skip um, in the game now. Yeah, I was surprised it was... I half expected when you commented on this to say that it was going to be like oh, in this case it would be kind of a, a, a retcon and say that every mm. year had like an increased time between the two. Um, but I, I think it is nice just to have that break to reassess everyone just to settle and pending the questioning of Dragonflight. It doesn't really start on a a cataclysm or a great event like Shadowlands started with all the, the faction leaders getting stolen, um, 
BFA started with like the sword in the earth. Um, Legion was the Legion invasion. So for your average peon in in Ogrimmar or civilian of Stormwind, Dragonflight doesn't really matter at the moment. So they can still yeah. live that quiet idyllic life rebuilding. Whereas, oh yeah, the adventures have gone off to Dragonflight and the Dragon Islands, and there's nothing at the moment as it is now. There's no pending threat to the rest of the Azeroth. Yeah, exactly, the world's not about to end. It's uh, it, you know, it is very much um, without giving anything away from the from the questing that I've done in in uh, in my beta testing. You know, it is it is very much a you know this this place it's more more like mr pandaria in a way um although even that still had a bit of a kind of you know bit of a wild start but it it's very much like this new place has appeared let's get back you know, let's get back there for the dragons let's go there as our characters and explore it and find it and learn about it and and understand what's going on so you you go on a you go on a journey you know you go on a storytelling journey with your character across the main story campaign um to to learn about what's happening and to help the dragons and and yes, there's some story beats in there that kind of you know point to oh this is bad and oh that's that that's not good and oh this shouldn't have happened. What are we going to do about that? It's it's way less you know if we don't fix this now, the world is going to end, mm. <laughs> which is quite nice actually. Um, and it's nice to I think it is nice going in not knowing who the big bad is yet because the speculation is part of the fun. Um, but it's also nice knowing that the options that we have on the table um, are interesting and characterful um, and uh, and kind of some, some are historical to Warcraft history. Um, so that, again, they, they feel a bit more grounded than, um, than a semi-robot dude created by the yeah. first ones come to steal our souls. And we're so, not sure why he wants to re- remake the universe, you know? <laughs> at this point, I don't want to dive too much into speculation um of course i think possibly in the future we'll have like a bit of a round table with a couple of people and we'll have a is such and such a person going to turn evil and is such and such a person going to do this and that and we can have that little speculation when everyone's sort of like at least done the questing and then we, yeah everyone's up to speed yeah because at the moment there's some very strong hints about where the story's going. Yep, um, there sure are. There's some hints which didn't go where I wanted, and I'm quite sad about it because I think <laughs> certain elemental lords prime for a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking about a multi-year expansion, imagine if at the end of this thing we think, oh, everything's done, and then Ragnaros II, son of Ragnaros, bursts out of Black Rock Mountain <laughs> and hammers down on Stormwind. Yeah, but this might... time no legs. He's on a he's on a on a bike. S- surfboard, yeah, surfing. <laughs> yeah, but they they could have come back. They would have been a very Azeroth based threat, which is yeah. devoid from space goats and the light and the void and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, I think I think we from what we know so far, the team have taken a different direction. I like that For direction sure. so far because I love my tentatively overlords. <laughs> I, my, both my mains are both void elves, um, so you're ready. The tentacles are the tentacles are primed. My mage has still got the iron azoth. I am ready for my lord to come and speak to me again. <laughs> I've had that for wear the eyeball with pride. Yeah, I'll, I we see each other when you're walking around. You see each other with the eye. We both know. And we see all the non-believers without the eye. And we both judge them. <laughs> uh. So we'll sort of move on a little bit now and mm-hmm. obviously you're a you're a gay man, you've been quite open about that and you, you're quite a, an advocate for speaking about that openly. Absolutely. Obviously the world has changed a lot in the last eighteen years since the game launched. Mm-hmm. Um has the Warcraft community changed? Gosh. I there's this there's moments when you think Oof, it's it's 2005 again with some of the comments you see out there but at the yeah. same time there are people fighting back and in the way that possibly they wouldn't have done way back when absolutely it's it's a really good question you know and i think uh for, for all things 
all things like this education is the biggest tool we have visibility and education um i think what has changed is that you know companies organizations for better or for worse have begun to recognize that a portion of the people that put money in their pocket are representatives of the lgbtiqa plus community um and equally within within that you know representatives of the black community or the latina community or any other community you know that is you know marginalized or doesn't have the privilege um that that some folks do um thankfully what has happened to that the the corporate response to that is to try and you know open up the doors make that space safer for for people from those communities so i think you know what has changed is that things like the social contract now exist in warcraft you know people therefore are exposed to that when they start to game or they start to play the game and and they're getting that messaging that you know what actually being a person of color or being queer is is great and is fine and those people are welcome here and if you're not on board with that then actually you're the person that's going to get you know basically pushed out of that community um does that always translate to great behavior in the community no but does it mean that more people that are from those backgrounds feel confident to to talk about those backgrounds and, and you know we're talking about women here as well to be fair um does it feel that more people feel that they can be visible from those backgrounds yes absolutely you know it does and i think over time and it's always a, it's always a marathon never a sprint that will evolve the community as well and uh, you know warcraft and the warcraft team in their own little way are doing their bit to help educate their community um and that for me is is a good thing um is there a, a hell of a long way to go for all of the communities and, and all the others around that uh, that i've talked about absolutely um you know if we think about accessibility you know the disabled communities that that want to access games and, and enjoy them as part of their you know part of their lives and have every right to do so yeah, you know, see the blizzard, there's a lot uh, of fights there as well the blizzard, do you have so actively trying to get those yeah. sort of People always say, oh, it's about controls for Xbox. And it's it was never about that. And that was never their stated aim. It's to get... Because mm-hmm. Microsoft have that, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a, a multifunction gamepad. Yep. Designed for people with, with certain accessibility needs where they can add on different like mouth controls or foot controls or larger mm-hmm. buttons or whatever. And I think that's their focus. It was never about the Xbox. But like most things, when you when you progress technology... It eventually benefits everyone. So maybe it will come absolutely. to Xbox in the end. But it was never designed yeah. for that goal. Yeah, absolutely. It was designed, you know, it's designed as an accessibility tool. And you know, I think I think ultimately, you know, let's let's be let's let's just bring back the 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 healthy cynicism. Ultimately, you know, Blizzard are a company, they're they're there to make money. That is that is their job. They have employees that need to get paid, they have shareholders who want money and dividends. So what they've what they've effect in effect realized is that if gaming is for everybody that increases the size of their customer base um that, that's very cynical but in the corporate world that's kind of what's going on two things can be true of course at the same time there will be people of all different backgrounds cultures and communities within blizzard who are also you know driving the company in that more positive direction to be more welcoming to be easier to work within to work you know with and to you know service those communities better uh, and more thoughtfully and considerately so you know it, two things are true there but there is a, there is still a cynical element you know obviously they're there to make they're there to make money too yeah, yeah. so important to highlight both sides of that story but um it's definitely seeing development in you know in, in my view in in the right direction and um, we're a long way from from in the right place yet but uh but we're, we're in the right direction that's for sure and i i certainly feel more comfortable today being openly queer in world of warcraft than than i did you know uh, when I first started playing the game, and I have absolutely hidden my sexuality from uh, from people within the game in the past to avoid abuse. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fairly active in a lot of a decent number of live streamers' channels, and I'm in a mod in some of them. Mm-hmm. 
And I rarely see any sort of overly toxic behaviour towards anyone, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it does happen, it's usually shut down by the community, not necessarily the mods. I mean, the mods will yeah. actually act in that, but the community self-moderates itself, knowing that we don't want that sort of person, we don't want that, that vibe Absolutely. in the area. Um, and, and over I think time, we're starting we, to see that in-game as well. Yeah, I mean, also you're you're in the uh, the new player mentor program. Yeah. Um, the slash wave chat. <laughs> slash, good slash wave, because no one can spell wave. Um, but that, honestly, I, I know people don't use it for the most part. It's it's not even well known within the gameplay. Like no one really knows. There's a, there's an NPC in, in Stormwind on Ogrimmar, and yeah, if you stumble across it, you see it, but. For those involved in it, basically it's it's new players who have never had an account or returning players. I think it's anybody pre-WOD, maybe pre-Legion now, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not sure where the line is yet for that. Um, And they come back and they can ask any questions and it's like a separate chat. And people who are... Now, I have disagreements about the the way they've let this in. Initially, it was you had to have... Uh, several thousand hours of gameplay, mm-hmm. uh, several thousand achievement points or something, or KSM, or ahead of the curve. Um, it was quite stringent on who he got in. And yeah, and I think you had was, to have a character of that class at sixty as well, didn't you? If yeah, you were gonna and you had to have an account in good standing. So, and the idea was that those me- those mentors would actually know what they were talking about. Generally, <laughs> that was the idea. Um, now, whether they couldn't find enough people, or they found that those guidelines were too stringent, they reduced that now to just a couple of hours played post sixty, and some uh, couple of hundred quests, which is fine. But you often find guides now asking quests questions which were quite simple and should really be asked as a guide and. Yeah. You expect the new players to, to to not be questioning what the guide knows, um, but, but other than that's my personal gripe about that system. Um, I think it's very useful and I think it's very wholesome. And there are trolls in there occasionally, but they are very quickly weeded out and ignored. And you don't see much toxicity in there. And in fact, what you get the toxicity from is the new players who are used to coming from other games and flaming. So you'll hear yeah. them, they'll, you'll see them typing some expletive or FU or something because they're in the wrong chat and they're meant to type, they're meant to, type it to their party members. Yes, um, you get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I understand where that comes from because in games like League, it's 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 kind of the culture Unfortunately, yeah. but that's kind of what goes on. You, you you flame people for doing things wrong. That's not to say that doesn't happen in WoW, and I've had experience <laughs> recently, which I've tried to document. I've been levelling characters on the Horde side. Uh, yeah, you've not had a fun time with that, by the sounds of it. I've been levelling them for the achievement, because I love achievements. That's mm-hmm. that's my thing. Um, so I'm trying to get the Heritage Jam for the couple of the other races. So I've yeah. been levelling them up, and some of the abuse that the Horde f- sort of throw at each other is vile. And I posted a couple of like the less, the more tame things on, on Twitter. But I've also been levelling some alts for some guild achievements on, on the Alliance. And I've not and I've been doing a lot more alliance leveling than I've heard, and I'm not seeing any of the same sort of abuse that goes on. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, I mean, I always think it's difficult to know. Obviously, that's you're speaking from kind of one person's yeah, experience, it's, it's it? my... and it's hard to know whether that's coincidence or whether that is a divide between the player bases. I mean, we definitely know that um, that there is a there is a, de- a definite divide between alliance and horde in terms of you know some of the access to keystones at higher levels and things like that. 
but um it is interesting isn't it like i wonder what that is i wonder if um i wonder if blizz have data on it and do they get more reports from horde side or is it just that there's more players there i i'm intrigued as to as to what is it if you're just bad boys and people play horde (laughs) you're a brand new player to the game and you're like i just want to play where all the people play because they don't really know about cross faction yet i want to go where everyone is Mm -hmm. unfortunately my dad alliance you go horde because that's where all the players are fair enough Mm -hmm. But if you then go into start leveling dungeons and that's what you face with, then it's not a great experience for the for the new player to come in and see sort of homophobic, racist, and just general nastiness yeah. thrown Isn't at you Zenobias. because you Absolutely. don't know how to tank this dungeon that's fifteen years old and you started yesterday. Yeah, and it's always spectacular, isn't it? How um how how linked to people's gender, sexuality, or race, uh, tanking or healing or just you know pulling something by accident seems to be. Um, but uh, it's it's sad. I, I mean, I find it really sad. If I'm in a, in a group like that, I would always try and call it out. But it, I just think it's really sad. And like you say, I, I feel sorry for new players coming into a game and experiencing that because it's it's clearly not what Blizzard want. And it's certainly not what any of us that, you know, that put our time into supporting newcomers want either. Um, and actually, I doubt it's what very many people want. I think it's a, a small vocal group of people that, that behave that way. Um, but sadly, you know, you do see it. And I, and I don't know what the solution to that is. You know, I don't I don't know when when we'll get past that as a as a, as a you know, gaming community, but also as a society, because it exists in society on a daily basis. You see it on Twitter all the time. Well, you know, it's like the, the, the reaction to at. the... Um social contracts from some people online was mm. oh this, I'm never <laughs> I'm never playing this game again. I'm not going to be censored. I'm like if you just want to say the N word repeatedly exactly. then I, I don't care I'm censoring you. Go and shout yeah. it out in your in your basement alone. But exactly. you don't want to hear it. It's just it's not free speech. It's 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 hate. It's it's no one is stopping you to saying those things. But you have to take the consequences, and the consequences are you get banned, or you get reported, or you get yeah. whatever arrested if it's absolutely real life. free speech doesn't mean speech without consequences. Yeah, so yeah, unfortunately, yeah, those those people still exist, and they do, they, and they sometimes try, play wow, they do. But I, I think that sort of social experience puts people off it interacting does. with yeah. the rest of the game socially. Mm-hmm. So. They'll join a group, they'll join a guild, they'll search a guild and they'll find a cesspool guild maybe full of faceless, anonymous, anonymous people who don't say anything. And they'll think, oh, this is this is not for me, the, the game's dead. Or they'll join a guild full of racists. And I personally did actually join a guild like that. My first guild was like that. Um, and it wasn't, they, they were quite quiet with it. They didn't open, say it openly, but one night after a raid, they, they were mouthing off about something and it came out and three of us, so there's four of us at the time, just G-quit the next day and founded our current guild a week later um, because we were just, we weren't, we couldn't consciously stand by and listen to that and just think, that's fine. Yeah. So we, we, we started our own guild and went from there um, on this explicit, understanding that that is not tolerated in our guild in any way and to this day uh we've never had an issue with anybody like that yeah thank goodness and you know i think it's one of those things that sometimes it comes up but uh you, you know you've got to you've got to manage a community like you manage a chat on twitch like you manage a twitter feed you know you just um you just gotta just don't stand for it you know we've got to get those get those people out and uh, push them out of society as, as best we can, um, and hopefully at the same time educate them so that they can still be a part of a part of the real world and uh, and just not be an asshole. <laughs> so, just before we, we wrap up, uh, is there any? Yeah. Do you want to do you want to discuss any sort of thought, thoughts or hopes you've got for Dragonflight? Is there anything you really want to sort of champion or think actually? Still trying, they can still change this. It's not quite what I hoped it would be because, uh, also, we're, we're guildies, we've known each other for a while. I um, sure have. When the the Shadow Shadowlands, so the, the Dragonflight launch trailer came out, 
you, you were not happy. You were very much in the case of, this is not what I wanted. I'm not happy with this expansion. And I was now, salty. And yeah. now you've come a hundred... <laughs> you've, you've, you've circled so many times, I don't even know how many degrees. But you are now like full-on hype mode. Um, I've still kind of kept fairly similar because I'm personally... Dragons aren't my big thing. Kind of eh, on dragons in all sorts of media, not just WoW. So I'm more excited about the, the future t- stories that they are hinting at than the current mm-hmm. initial story. Uh, but yeah, do you want to talk about your your thoughts on on Dragonflight? Absolutely. So yeah, so I guess um, it's, it, you're absolutely right. It's a story of two halves. So when when it was first released. I guess, um, or oh, the information was first released, I should say. Uh, I guess for me, like it was missing some headline features that um, I really would love to see in the game. And I kind of, you know, part of me hoped they would be there. So um, absolutely, I want to see all races uh, be able to play all classes. Um, I know they're working on that. So I have really high hopes that that's yeah, coming so we, down we, the we line fairly quickly. This, this we sure did. Um, and it was great, you know, that, that was, that's been great to see. And I really want to see more of that. I know that it's a lot of work from an assets and programming point of view, um, but I really do want to see more of that. I think, you know, player choice is really important. Um, I think player choice is also really important from a content point of view. So I was really sad to not see um, kind of, you know, calming, cool, chill content like player housing, a little bit of farming, you know, stuff like that that we've seen in various levels of success with the Pandaren farm, with garrisons. But, you know, the idea of having your own little house with all these amazing little furniture assets and and little things you see, you know, you see pots of tea and on a bench and cups and saucers and a little log fire. And there's so many assets in the game that they could play with there that I kind of felt, and I still feel like that would be a great multi-expansion um kind of uh, thing to build on and build into the game so i was i think i was salty that those things weren't there um and i was less convinced by you know the the kind of dragons aspect of it i was like okay cool dragons yep great you know fantasy setting of course it's gonna be dragons um and i was less keen on uh i think the the just kind of the the ideas around things like dragon riding for me i was at first confused i was like where is the headline feature you know where's the gameplay trailer what are we actually going to be doing so so for those first kind of i guess few weeks and months i was definitely a bit uh, a bit kind of like left out in the cold if you like by by the announcement because i was just like i don't know i'm salty about what's not there and what is there i'm not convinced so I started playing beta um, and uh, without giving away anything, uh, it's fair to say, as I've said earlier, I think that, you know, dragon riding is a massive headline feature. It's, it's for me, it's game changing. It's so fun. It's such a great way to travel around. It's, you know, it's got kind of a collectible aspect. It's got a kind of customization aspect. It's got great kind of feel and movement. It makes the the world of the Dragon Isles feel really kind of spectacular and, and spacious and large and connected, which we didn't have in Shadowlands, having to take those portals through the uh, through the airport terminal that is yeah. Orobos. Um, so, so those things kind of felt really good. And I, I guess that's kind of got me on the hype wagon a little bit. What I'm excited about is the the direction some of the patch content could take. You know, this is a very fresh, new era of storytelling, and it and it truly feels like a almost like a renaissance for Warcraft, like a brand new era. And I really hope for the Warcraft team, who let's be honest, you know, after the last few years, they they the people that are there and and are working really hard, which is a majority of the folks, and you know, are good, brilliant designers and and humans. They deserve a bit of a win. Um, and I think as a as a player community, we deserve a bit of a win as well. And I, I my hope is that Dragonflight is that win, that we all get in there on the 28th and you know we we get into this new story and the and the joy, the the joyfulness that Dragonflight is, because it feels really joyful and bright and light to play. I really hope that that feels like a big win and that the patch cadence is right and that we go in some really interesting places um, and directions with the story and that that is long form. That, those are kind of, I guess, guess my hopes. So, so, so I think that's all for today. So I'd like to thank Cap Fantastic for coming along today for the inaugural episode of Here We Dragons. Um, Thanks for having me. We'll hopefully have you on again soon 
if, if all goes well, there'll be many more of these. Um, and if it goes really well, I'll have to change the name to the next expansion. So, <laughs> but, but who's, I'm, I'm being an old world developer. I'm planning for this expansion. I'm not planning for the future. <laughs> so do you want to give yourself a little shout out with all your, your socials and where people can find you and, and all that sort of information? Absolutely. So I am uh, Twitch's premier gay content creator for World of Warcraft. I'm the Cap Fantastic, and I am available at the Cap Fantastic on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and of course Twitch.tv forward slash the Cap Fantastic. Well, look at that. That's unified branding. That's that's what I, that's what you want to see. You want to see the same name everywhere, and then you never need to search for it. Perfect. It's like I planned it. It's like you planned it. <laughs> I still can't get my own username on Twitch, on Twitter, or on Twitch either. <laughs> I hate that. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'll stick some numbers at the end. That'll do. One day, one day, I'll steal it back. So, yes, so that's the the first episode over. Next week, if all goes well and we can get the scheduling right, we'll have OK Mage to talk about the race world first, pushing high keys, and mythic raiding amongst other things as well. So. I hope you stick around for next week and we'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye-bye.